You're listening to People in Profit, a podcast that focuses on elevating humanity through business, sponsored by Conscious Capitalism Arizona. And now, let's hear from our hosts, Jeremy and Sarah. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. This is a very unique episode. Uh, We're doing kind of a crossover. So we've got the Culture Crush Business Podcast, and then the People in Profit Podcast that's sponsored by Conscious Capitalism Arizona. We had some conversations. There was a lot of overlap. Good business is the answer to many of global issues that humankind is facing. And that's what they dive into on the People and Profit podcast. Then on the other side, you know, company culture is one of the main tenets of conscious capitalism. It's a vital part of growing a successful business. So we thought we'd bring them both together for this conversation. But for the conversation, we're going to kind of strip all the titles away and just go into having a good, deep conversation. So, Jeremy, I'll toss it to you. Well, hello. Thank you, everyone, for making some time and uh, listening on this conversation. We hope you get good value out of it. My name is Jeremy Neese. I am with Conscious Capitalism. That is a non-label Conscious <laughs> Capitalism. Uh, one of your hosts today. I am joined with another non-label, Kendra Maples, who is also <laughs> Conscious Capitalism participant, leader, and is also steering the Culture Crush Endeavor. So uh, we are joined today in studio proudly with one of our local entrepreneurs and uh, a good model of a business that we like to showcase. And that's why we bring this show together. So we welcome Matt Altman of Sportique. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. Thank you, Jeremy. Excited to be here. Likewise. We are uh, really interested in hearing your story and, and sharing it with everybody. We choose not to read your bio. We think it comes better uh, for you to highlight the things that people want to know. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> offer real quickly that uh, Sportique is an apparel company started in 2006 right here in the Valley. And prior to that, you were in uh, working with our professional teams here in the city, the Phoenix Suns and the Coyotes, uh, which led, I assume you're going to tell us about all this, but led to your uh, endeavors now. So would you like to share a little bit about your story with us, please? Sure. I'd be happy to. So Born and raised in uh, Arizona, so I'm a native. Uh, went to the University of Arizona, uh, got my degree in accounting. Did not feel the accounting route was was best for me, and I was uh, got fortuitously introduced to some folks that worked at the Phoenix Suns, which led to an internship, which led to my first job coming out of college in merchandising. Started there in 1993. It happened to be when. Charles Barkley came. They went to the NBA Finals. They played the Lakers in the first round. Wow. Fast forward, we're in 2021. They're playing the Lakers again in the first round. And so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I had a great 12-year career as director of merchandise for the Suns, which also led into with the Arizona Diamondbacks and the um, Phoenix Phoenix Coyotes. And then in uh, 2006... Um, myself, my business partner, Jason Franklin, really um, fulfilled, I think, what was a, a passion and a dream of ours to start a, start a business and really saw a niche in the marketplace to deliver better lifestyle apparel to what we call the destination retail space. And that being professional sports, music, entertainment, resorts, corporate retail, tourist destination places, things, things of that nature. And uh, it's been a really, really fun ride. Uh, it's been a bumpy ride and a smooth ride, all all in the same. And uh, yeah, just excited to be able to talk to you guys about um, people, mm-hmm. uh, profit, culture, how that all aligns in, in growing a business. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. 
So why don't we jump into that? Because we were talking about it right before we put headsets on and, and got ready. And you were talking about people and profit needing to be on the same level, the same playing field. Explain this. Yeah. I mean, it's people that are driving a business. It's Mm -hmm. people that are making the decisions. They're really doing the work. Yes, we have technology. Now we have AI and we have automation and things of that nature. But behind it all still, it's it's people. It's people driving, driving the decisions for business. And it's also people that are consuming the the business, the businesses, whether it's a service or a product. And so for me, it's really how to ensure that people and profit are on the same plane at a minimum. And I think what we've seen historically, probably more in the public markets, is that there's short-term things that are done to accentuate profit at the expense of people. Agree. And I think if we're really going to evolve in a positive manner, we have to have people at least be on the same plane. And if people are developing and evolving, then profits will just follow the same the same path. And then there could be a more healthy balance in ecosystem because look, we're we're all we're very fragile as human beings already. And and business can be very volatile, um, not in a negative way. It's just, that's just the nature of, of things. And so to be able to really fine tune that balance around people, process, profit, your product, your service, it's, you know, I think that's really important. So I think underlying all of that, I think that's where the importance of culture comes in, the importance of values that come in to align with the vision of the company and really move succinctly to reach those goals. When you started Sportique 15 years ago, were those concepts clear in your mind or were those things that you kind of picked up along the ride, the importance of that balance? It's a little bit of both. I think think in starting Sportique, there was, you know, obviously the the vision around the product, but I also feel there was this notion to be able to create a business that can be reflective of how you would like the world to be, so to speak. And that's, you know, I can control or we can control what that culture is like. I can't control what it is for the, for the rest of the world. And so for me, then it really came down to, there was a book I read prior to starting Sportsy called Freedom Inc., mm-hmm. which was really inspirational in terms of how to really look to build your culture around that, this notion of, of freedom within, within the constructs of the business, so to speak. If you don't mind, I can dive into... Yeah. Just what I what I have seen for Sportique as our fundamental foundation of how we came, you know, to create our values. And for me, it's really about fundamental human needs or our fundamental aspects of of humans. Period. Right. So there's four things that I'll I'll share. The first one is we have uh, on some level this desire for freedom and independence, right? On some level, we all strive for that, want that, we like it, right? But converse to that, we also have the same need and dependence for community, family, teamwork, right? And so how to really blend those two needs to to work, to allow someone to be themselves, 
to allow them to um, utilize their gifts, talents, and strengths and connect with a team or a business uh, and a culture that can support them and they can support the the entity, right? And then, then I think there's har- there's harmony there. So alignment is obviously really important. Um, but knowing yourself is important. But then also when I say knowing yourself, I also mean the business, right? So mm-hmm. when you're starting the business, like it's just get the product made, get it to the customer and see what, do we even have anything, Correct. right? Yeah. Before, because it wasn't until a year and a half, we had our first employee. And even then, like the two years in, we had five employees. So you're still like working through, you know, it. working, you know, yeah. working through it. So freedom, that independence and, and that dependence on community is, 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 is one element. Learning is second. I think learning gets under under um, valued, so to speak. I think it is fundamentally why we're here. It, there's from the moment where we're born to that last breath, learning on some level is taking place, whether we like it or not. And what I've uh, what I've what I've learned and what I've shared is life will have painful ways to teach you if you're not really embracing, you know, learning. And so how to bring that into our values, how to bring that into our culture, that learning is really a part of growing, right? Mm-hmm. And really how we embrace um, failure, right? Because when we were kids, one of the biggest things that we did, we failed at, and that was mm-hmm. learning to walk, right? <laughs> so think, I mean, you know, so we don't remember how many times we fell, we just kept trying to get back up, right? And so um, how to really take that same approach in how we look to grow, whether it's in a process, um, in our products, um, things of that things of that nature. Third one is is really around um, how we want to be treated. We want to be respected, we want to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. We want to be recognized. Uh, no one likes to be treated bad. And no one, and and frankly, like we always think about okay, our self fulfilling needs, but that might have just hurt somebody, right? And so, really, to kind of understand that, yeah, the golden rule: treat others how you want to be treated. I mean, sounds great, but it, but really, to put it in practice, it it takes practice and it takes a bit of consciousness to to understand. And we are human, so there's going to be days we're really good at it, and there's days maybe not so much. But that's where we can then learn and and have a understanding with whoever we're working with on that on that level. And then the fourth thing is our truest, truest want. You know, if I was to ask you what you really want, kind of, you know, peeled back the onion and really distilled what that is, or at least why, it's to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to feel good. We want to be happy. Um, and so how to... So those were kind of the ingredients in that, you know, we have uh, to then how we then created our values of teamwork, evolve, uh, which is really about having a growth and learning mindset, um, can do, which is really about having a, a can do attitude, um, integrity, um, fun, which really represents that feel good, like that, you know, truest want we have and then respect, mm-hmm. you know, that we are really you know, treating each other how we'd want to be, you know, treated. And going back to the people and the profit piece, 
what one of the things that I um, really um, say is first and foremost, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. You're a human being. I'm a human being. Can we come together first on that level? Yes, I have a role to play and a responsibility, and 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 so do you. But can we first? Our baseline is we're humans, and understanding that we have the same needs, we have the same wants and desires. From there, we can really celebrate our differences. That understanding we're humans first. Where what really what we see played out in the world is looking at the differences first and having judgment, having criticisms, whatever it is, and not really seeing the humanity of of it all, right? Mm -hmm. And can, on some level, we flip that equation to where we can put the human being first and then, oh, you're from this place. You believe in this. You like this food. You wear these clothes. You believe in X, Y, Z. Great. To me, that's one of the most powerful things about business and its ability to have an impact on society is that you can pick your social clubs, you can pick which, you know, religious affiliation you want to have. But when you go to work, in most cases, you're not picking the person that's standing to the right or the left of you. They're there and you're going to be spending an enormous amount of time with them, more with them than you do your family in most likelihood. Mm -hmm. And so what a great place because we have a commonality to everything you're just pointing out. Uh, Bob Chapman of Barry Waymiller, who employs tens of thousands of people says each and every one of those is somebody's precious loved one. And I am trusted to give them an experience that would be consistent with what I would want, what of my precious loved ones to experience when they're at work. And so uh, what a great place to have an impact with that mindset that you just shared. That's really powerful. Yeah. And, and you hit the nail on the head. We're spending most of our waking time at work, mm-hmm. right? So and maybe you got to choose your coworkers. Maybe you, maybe you didn't. Right. So I think that's um, really where conscious leadership comes into play around building a culture that, um, through your hiring process, you are bringing in people that are aligned to the culture, the values that um, could come sit next to you, and you're going to really look to want to um, connect with that person. Well, and we're in such a different time now. It's not, I've mentioned this before, it's not you go to work, you work at the mine, you hate your job, and then you come home because it puts food on the table. We are recognizing that we're spending so much time with our coworkers and our teammates and not with our family. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's what what is making you happy. So then you're in this role of growing this business that recognizes people as being humans, making sure you're bringing them on so then they all connect at that same level, right? So you mentioned onboarding. What does that process look like as far as for you when you're really trying to find the right people that agree with the same values, that fit with this company, you know, view of these these values that connect at a human level like what does all of that look like for you guys when you're bringing new people on yeah it's a it's a process and depends on what we're hiring for and Mm -hmm. and where like i told you we we before we went on air we built a production facility pre-covid like months before covid and we had ramped up in in hiring and building that team and then had to really scale to a skeleton crew for about five, you know, six months and then kind of ramp that back up. And so 
as we were ramping back up and there's the demand in the business, it was really about, we just need someone that can do, do the work. So there was elements where there was, you we were sacrificing some of that hiring process just relative to time. And mm-hmm. now we're coming out of COVID. We're hiring more for Sportique, hiring more for our production facility. And there's a little bit more of conscious attention. And I think it's a process in the sense that the people that are part of, part of that hiring process understand our culture, understand that what they're looking for from not only the skill set, but then also the culture fit. And so, you know, we'll go through a process where our the hiring manager will, you know, will meet with candidates. And then there's at least three, two, three, sometimes four other interviews that take place. And probably the last two or even the last three is really about culture. Mm-hmm. You know, if they got past the first one, it was because they do have the skill set. But then is it re- getting to really know that person? Do they, will they align do they have a growth and learning mindset? And are, is that is that true, you know, for them? Because that's what we're really wanting to do. And if we're looking to scale and grow, we want people that that share that that value, right? Teamwork, right? Really, that's a big one for us. And trust is the biggest one to me around teamwork, trusting the people that are on your team, giving trust um, first, first and foremost, and what does that look like for that for that for that person and really also how they are treating people like that's like we've we've had people in the past who were really good in their job in terms of performance but were really poor in respecting people hmm. and so it didn't work right cuz now you're you know there isn't there isn't that that alignment and so you learn through that that evolutionary process of growing a business and how you are wanting to build your culture, you know, of what that looks like. And so now we're 15 years in, there's been a lot of trial and error in terms of, of okay, what um, the right culture fit, you know, looks like. I'm curious more on that topic because I agree with all the ideals you laid out, but when you get to the to the how do you actually foster an environment where people feel that they can speak freely and that you can have this trust dynamic that you're speaking of. And, you know, I would imagine some of the roles in your organization, you might have to get creative in how you help them continue to learn and grow and find happiness and, you know, what, what might be, you know, uh, they're not necessarily out developing the next marketing campaign. They're, they're, producing shirts and, and other apparel, right? So how do you how do you actually go about doing that? What does that look like? Well, I'll I'll tell you kind of historically and then I'll tell you actually an example of what's actually of conversations that are taking place you know, right now. So historically, you know, we created these values, but they were just words at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. So now it has to be communicated, it has to be shared. Honestly, the values um, are really about how are you looking to um, create behaviors that you're that you're wanting within the constructs of your family or your business or your community, right? Because even even your your family has a culture on some on some level, consciously right. or unconsciously. And so, 
Now it becomes to how you're communicating, how you're sharing, how people are. There's, there's got to be consistency. There's got to be repetition. There has to be modeling. Um, and it can't always be from me. It has to be from the you know other leaders within the organization um, that are um, that helped put those values together. And I think that's also key. Is it? It has to be done. I think in a team environment and how those are how they're created. And you know, early on, we you know we still do this, but we we do monthly you know you know company lunches, but. Um, and I'll, I'll look to utilize in the past some of that time to pick a value, talk about it. Um, but then how do it's really then how does it get talked about day to day, week to week? But it really goes back to the behavior and it takes practice. Right. Mm-hmm. So it takes it's no different like building a brand and trying to portray what that lifestyle is to the world. It takes, you know, consistency, frequency of, you know, presenting that, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And it's the same, same here to where once you have tenure with people, then you've, you, then it's almost now built in as tangible. You can Mm -hmm. actually feel it when you walk into the building around what that culture can be like or, or is, right? One of the um, things that I've been talking to people at Sportique now is this pathway to success. We've have people who were with us pre-COVID, helped us get through COVID, and now we're coming out of COVID. Really, what does the next, you know, phase of growth look like for them coming coming out of this? And so we're seeing some great opportunities with the business coming out of COVID. Um, it's going to require more of a team effort amongst the, the team and so we're also hiring more people. And so where does where where do people fit, you know, in, in that? And I think the biggest thing is, uh, especially around our value of Evolve, is how is that person, you know, going to be able to do that? Because if they can't do it with Sportique, then I feel they need to figure out to do it, you know, somewhere else. Because, again, we're here as a human on this planet to learn and grow and evolve first and foremost. And so for me is how can we, we have uh, people do that within the contract constructs of Sportique. So we've been having these conversations around pathway to success in terms of um, really, what do you like in your role? You know, what do you love to do? What do you get excited about? What do you don't like? You know, what, what are you not good at? Really just kind of having some honesty, you know, around it understanding where we're going and maybe um, helping reshape, you know, the role in a, in a more elevated way where, again, when I say pathway, it's like, it's, it's not like overnight, okay, everything is going to change. We're creating this pathway. So not only that person can then see how they can grow what that trajectory likes, but then there's a direct effect on how the company's going to grow as well. Is that always in the context of their vocation with you or when they say this is where this is the things that stoke my fire and I'm interested in and I've always wanted to learn piano and and that manager and teammates become familiar with that and continue to encourage them to, hey, remember you said you wanted to pick up piano. Have you have you downloaded a YouTube video and grabbed your Casio yet? To what extent do you help People's. It's a it's a good question because we've had those conversations. In fact, pre-COVID, 
man, COVID really kind of just like <laughs> changed a lot. Yeah. Of well, but but pre-COVID, there was a there was a question that I asked was like, you know, over the next ninety days, what do you want to learn personally and professionally, right? And and it was meant to just so someone can just share that and put it out there, and and see if there's just natural accountability just in in sharing, right? So. One of mine was I wanted to learn uh, VR, you know, just I, I'm not very technically gifted and there's so much happening in that in that space. I really wanted to, you know, to learn it. So so there was someone that wanted to learn to play the piano and you know, or, or at least get back to playing, the, you know, the piano. Um, but I, we didn't create any structured accountability, but sharing that, you know, kind of put that out there for someone to you know, you know, look for that. And then COVID happened and it was like, we, you know, some of those conversations, you know, kind of went to the wayside. So what I'm really excited about is, is there was a point during COVID where, you know, it was really about getting to the next day and maybe getting to the next week to where now we can look at getting to the next three years and having those growth conversations with people. Absolutely. Well, and even just asking the questions, Again, it brings it back to their humans. They're not just the employees that are coming up, coming in, doing shirts. They're not just coming in, doing a technical job, whatever. You're actually asking the questions to figure out who they are as a human. What are they interested in, right? The piano, VR, ballet, whatever it is, you're asking those questions. So now that you are, well, we're not through COVID, right? But there's those planning discussions, like you said, for moving forward and the growth for people. What do those conversations look like? Is it with their team? Is it as a whole? Is it one-on-one with their manager? How are those all conversations? Yeah. yeah, it's all of the above. It could be with me and their manager. It could just be one-on-one with me. It could be a conversation that um, they had with their coworkers that I have no knowledge of. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be actually getting together outside of work and and now that we can you know kind of safely you know safely do that yeah it's all it's all of the it's all of the above and and really how to be able to encourage that kind of uh team atmosphere family atmosphere that doesn't have to always be driven by the top down right mm-hmm. so even arguably more powerful if it's driven sideways and sometimes bottom up, right? That means it's really been <clears throat> internalized into your organization and it's making its impact. Are those things you measure? Do you have anything that you pay attention to, to know how you're doing on that journey of helping people with their happiness and with their growth and their freedom and all those elements? Is it gut? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question because I'll answer it in a kind of a roundabout way because we could measure and this is this is i think the rub right with culture and is in looking at the performance of the business you have financials and you got numbers and you can see you know you know sales revenue margin you can see what your expenses you yeah you can you can actually put your finger you know on it right what the challenge that I'm putting upon, you know, myself and the company is if we're going to be growing in revenue and, and from a financial standpoint, how are we growing the culture too, right? And I don't really have a great answer on how it's how it's measured per, per se, other than feedback, 
that you really get. So you can probably do surveys. Are you going to get the right answers? I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I think, you know, I know there's some companies out there that have like a culture, you know, index, but it takes frequent, I think, surveys, questioning to get a pulse of how people are feeling and, and you know, and at going to, you know, to work. Because one day you can just have a bad day or a bad week. You didn't Absolutely. like what happened. Or maybe your supervisor or coworker did something that you, you know, didn't like. And then it gets resolved the next week, and you're like, "Wow, like I really like it here." But I and that that's and that happens too in sales month to month. You you know your sales maybe did great, or maybe it didn't do great. Then you know the following month, and I think that's kind of really the biggest challenge I think that we have around conscious capitalism culture is is really you can't maybe really the the only measurable results is is ties back to is the company growing mm-hmm. and you look at then financials again and again and again right so i think that's it's a tough one and i would like to figure it out on on some level because it's a it's a very interesting thing i personally feel each person on the face of this earth is responsible for their own happiness Right, so formula. I can so I can do whatever I can do to con- to help an environment, but it's still up to that person to plug in to whatever they want to plug in to you know be happy, mm-hmm. you know. But as you're fostering this environment, there's some things that you'll see, right? Because if you're building a good culture, you're gonna see the longevity of employees stay. You're going to see a lower, you know, turnover of employees. They're, your employees are going to be the ones to talk about the internal culture, talk about how the business is. They're not going to, you know, tell their friends, oh, there's snacks in the break room. That's not the stuff they're going to talk about. They're going to talk about the nitty gritty. They're going to tell their friends what's going on. They're only going to refer the job that they're you know, the company they're working with to somebody if they truly believe and align with everything. So all of those will start to, right? You've you've been doing this long enough. You'll see that. So do you see anything with retention or onboarding or offboarding? And I mean, your people are your best marketing tools, right? Yeah. So I'll, I have two comments. The first one is our very first um, part-time hire and then our very first full-time hire, so our number one and number two em- employees, are still with the company and they're part of the executive team. Um, w- the first one was just coming out of ASU. And the second was maybe two or three years out of out of college, ASU. I didn't hold that against them being a <laughs> U of A grad. <laughs> but so, yeah, and we've had some great long-term tenure with other other folks. And that was probably also the hardest thing with COVID, having to um, make person, personnel decisions with folks that had been with the company, you know, six, seven, eight plus years, right? So, and then anecdotally, you know, for me, it's really hearing what other people are saying. It's not really, I don't think I can really be the right person to comment on the culture per, per se. So a number of years ago in interview in an interview process, um, someone asked, 
what's your culture like? If you can like distill it to like, you know, one thing, what would you say it? And so I turned to the person uh, who's on our team who was, and I looked at her to answer the question. And she said, it's like a locker room. And it was by far the last thing I was expecting her to say. Yeah. Because I'm like, I didn't set forth to create a locker room. Yeah. Yeah, A locker room. A locker room culture. So I was like really perplexed by by the answer. So after that interview ended, I I just politely asked her, I said, I don't understand the the locker room. Like and she's like, What do you mean? I'm like, Yeah, I I I didn't get it. She's like, She's like, and so she had, she hadn't, she knew about professional sports. And obviously I was involved in professional sports. And so she equated it to, you know, that locker room, especially in professional sports where it's a safe place. That is, Mm. that is where the athlete can go and be themselves and be free and just be safe. They can say whatever they want to say. They can be who they want to be. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. <laughs> that's what, what we were like trying it. to create. And I remember being in the locker room, whether it was in the Diamondbacks or the Suns, and you would see that. You'd see the playfulness. You'd see the guys like really like just you know being you know you know authentic. And then the media would walk in, mm-hmm. and it was tenor changes. It was mm-hmm. yep. And so it was very similar to like. People would come from the outside. Maybe it was a, you know, a vendor, or maybe it was even a customer. And like whatever was happening at Sportique, they you walk in, and then it was you kind of like, you know, <laughs> you know, everyone would kind of be buttoned up. But I was like, okay, that's. But to me, that was the whole thing was really about uh, going back to Freedom Inc. was really creating that a place where you know you can really be you know free, uh, so to speak. And then what's so funny is we worked. Uh, we still do work with a number of athletes and it was springtime and there were a number of NFL players who were getting ready for the draft. Well, they're football players getting ready for the NFL draft. They were training out here. They came to Sportique. Um, There's probably at least six, seven guys that came in to get some Sportique clothes and they're in our office and they're, they're taking off their shirts, putting on Sportique hoodies. It was like, they're all trying on the clothes and so, you know, the uh, person who said locker room, she just kind of nudged me. She's like, see? Locker room, <laughs> locker room there it is. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. Because I ask that question on a lot of the shows. I say, you know, if you could wrap up your culture into one word, what would it be? So that's probably the most unique one. I was just but about to say there can't be many of those. Most, uh, yeah. Nobody, yeah. yeah, nobody said locker room before. So, <laughs> Well, what's funny is in our current space, we have, uh, when you come into the office, you know, we have a display, you know, kind of showroom looking area. And then, and then when you get past that, it's an open like space where there's about six desks and that's where, you know, sales, uh, the sales, uh, area is. And that area is actually called the gutter, which is hilarious because, and it really came because just what people were just saying, just, you know, just whether it was a joke, whether it was a funny comment it was just like you know so that's snails and turtles yes something like that right (laughs) (laughs) 
that's funny. Well, and that's a that's a testament. We talk about maybe you don't have a spreadsheet measuring numbers, but the fact that the environment has named a piece of real estate the gutter is right. Demonstrative of and, the fact and that those are things that have to happen culture. organically. Correct. Right? I can't. Yep. You, you know, can't put I a can't. sticker on the wall and say, yeah, everybody call this a gutter it. from now on. And right? what's cool is as you hire more people, they uh, they can put an imprint. They are going to put an imprint on the culture, which to me is the really biggest challenge I, I feel and how we're going to, um, in terms of our next phase of growth and how we are bringing people on. To where you've got people, again, I'll go to that pre-COVID and then you have new people and how you're fusing and, and, and really taking the culture. Because I feel like the culture is going to go to another, another level because of just what's happening. But we had someone that started with us probably about four, four or five years ago. Uh, we were going to have a holiday, you know, party, really nice dinner, kind of celebrate the year. And, um, you know, she's like, oh, what do you guys do there? And do you guys do a talent show or anything? Like, it was just a really nice dinner. We didn't do anything. And so a couple of folks who heard talent show, they're like, great, I- great idea. <laughs> like, yes, we're going to do a talent show. You're going to be the first. That's right. <laughs> and so now it's, now it's you know, it's been you know, now it's like a staple and we're all looking forward to the next one, you know, that we can participate right. together in the, in the same space because each one has outdone the next. Uh, but yeah, Just that came from up. someone new so giving fun. an idea that was like, yeah, let's do that. Well, and that poor person fire. who didn't know <laughs> uh, that they were. <laughs> are you going to wear your VR goggles to the next talent show and show yeah, them everything that you've talent? learned? and? So the talent show has been um, <laughs> anyone new that's come has oh, participated. So, oh, that's they, amazing. so the last, the the one in 2019 was open. Anyone could part, you know, can part can participate in that one. And so I don't know what this next one is is going to be. Um, but just for the newbies, it was. Oh, that's yes. rough. Yeah, right. I'd be ready. No, I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 here's the here's the funny thing, right? That became a conversation piece as part of the interview process. Hey, what's your talent? What would it be? Yeah. I wasn't asking other other people. I was like, hey, you know, if we had a talent show, what's your talent? <laughs> like, so then people get a glimpse too of you know what could what you know what things could be. Yeah, the playful nature yeah. and your values there. <laughs> right, right off the bat, you're seeing it's not the the strict Ex- you know exactly. interview questions. Exactly. Speaking of values, um, we're grateful that you shared with uh, Kendra and I the a video that your team has put together that illustrates your values. And I don't know if we shared them explicitly, but teamwork, evolve, respect, can do, integrity, fun. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you put a lot of energy into making that video. Is that what? How does that tool get used in your Yeah, great, great question. So pre-COVID, any new hire, day one, I met with and went through the values. Probably about 30 minutes of just really, because each one, there's, there's, there's um, our own meaning that go behind each, each one of those, right? And when we built the production facility and we're now hiring you know, multiple people in a week that are starting and there's attrition and I can't Can't be there. Yeah. I'm like how, and I also really recognize that 
the sportsy culture is great. We don't, we built this new facility and it's still looking for its identity around culture, right? The values don't change, right? But there, but the, but some of the traditions or some of the the rituals or some of the fun things or whatever it is, that has to be born organically within that that group. It really can't come. I personally feel it can't really come from from me. Um, but the values and explaining the values, you know, can. So put put that video together. So um, even during that hiring process, people could can see that. And so then what we've done subsequent to that is if we had anyone new that has has started, then I'll meet with them, you know, you know, that month. And and in some cases, it might be five, six people, you know, in a a room. But then but they've already had seen the video. Maybe they've already been working. But then I can have some of that more like human, human, you know, you know, time. Mm -hmm. So that's really where, you know, why we you know, why why we did it. So. There could be some continuity and kind of understand when you start what you're walking, what you're walking into. Right. One of the things in that video that you mentioned is Jen Shai. Is that his? Yeah. Jen Shai? Can, yeah. Can you so, explain that? Yeah. So this goes to the value of respect and it's to not treat someone to make them feel small. So this really speaks to what I was saying around that human to human first and foremost. You're a human being. I'm a human being. How do we come from that level? And no one wants to be made felt that way. No one likes to feel small or feel belittled or things of that of that nature. And so really to kind of shine that light in that value. I like that a lot. Where did that come from? Like to tie it into came all of that? from oh gosh. It came from a book I read around culture and values. Um, I'll have to get back to you on it so you can put it in the notes. You know I'm going to want to know. So you can put it in, so you can put it in the notes. Um, but yeah, that's where I learned the the word and wanted to adopt it. Have you found benefits uh, in uh, your adherence to these values and proclaiming these values beyond your employees as it comes to your supply chain and customers? Do, do people find connection with you at that level? Yeah, so I'm really glad you asked that because things tend to get fragmented sometimes around how a customer is treated versus maybe how employees are treated. And again, going back to creating win-win scenarios, healthy stakeholder integration, which is a real key tenet around conscious capitalism, those values should be adhered to in how we are working with anybody, right? So I I personally feel like when especially supply chain partners I mean you're working with people um and you're trusting them with you know a big part of a part of your business your success, so right? is there proper I really look for is there alignment in values first mm-hmm. they might be able to produce what we need to produce at the right price but um do they do they will there be synergy because that's really important because again, we're looking at long-term scalability and growing, and especially in supply chain, like you need you need constant repetition of your orders going through for operational efficiency and things things of that nature. And so, 
So yeah, I look at, you know, how, how do our values fit with them? So it's either sharing what they are or just really having that alignment. Cause I think that's, you know, that's really important, whether there's consultants that we hire, same, you know, work with same thing. And it even goes to the customer, you know, customer level, like that there's, that there where there's alignment too with who we're, who we're working with. And I think I've seen it in other businesses and I've even seen it happen in our business where sometimes the customer gets treated better than the employee and it really should be the other way around. And, and so um, the better we're doing at really helping deliver on those, those values and culture with the employees, then it has an external effect with whoever we're working with. And it almost has to, right? If your value is respect, and if you if you flip it the other way, if you have customers that aren't being respectful of your team mm-hmm. and their approach in doing so, you're out of alignment. And that doesn't work for your employees. If they're stuck on the front end and somebody is not being respectful towards them and the organization tolerates it and says, well, that's a customer, that's how it is, mm-hmm. that causes friction over time and that, that flies against the grain of where you're going. So that's important. That you yeah, and, and we've, that. we've experienced it. I mean, we've had those customers who are just, you know, they cause pain within the organization because of just how they might treat us or 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 whatnot. And so it's it's a it's a delicate balance to be able how do you have that conversation sometimes with the customer around just how you're being treated mm-hmm. or firing a customer right right so have you experienced that on the end with looking for a supplier or a vendor that maybe didn't have that alignment and you needed to maybe end that relationship I haven't had that experience um, because we've been really picky about who we, you know, who we choose to to mm-hmm. work with. Um, so it it there's a there's a bit of um, of a of a uh, what's the word like when you're courtship, mm-hmm. so to speak, before we're really gonna you know dive into with a supply chain uh, partner. When it comes to um, so you've got that courtship for really the employees too, right? The interview process. You've got that same process for your vendors, your stakeholders. When it comes to, you know, the culture and and essentially vetting everybody, right? The values, the alignment. Is that a part, and I kind of already know this because we've had conversations about all this, but is that a highlight to your role? Like being able to be at the position where now you can really talk on values and talk on culture and and highlight because you're, I think, from the outside you're doing a great job. Your company is doing amazing when it comes to that. Is that a piece that you really take pride on now that you've built to this point? Well, I always feel it could be better, right? Yeah, I, I really feel true. like uh, it could be, there's ways to be continue to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I guess I'm proud of where we've come, right? I'm proud that we got through COVID the way we did. And I think I think we got through of it through it because of our values that we when one of our values is having a can do attitude. So in the face of this big challenge, you know, couple of weeks in, we asked the question, okay, well, what can we do? And it was like, okay, well, we can be mindful, we can stay connected, we can um help. 
right? So then it was like, okay, well, how could, you know, how can we help? Well, we know we also can make cool, comfortable clothes. So right out of the gate, we created a Together We Win t-shirt that um, where all the proceeds went to frontline healthcare workers around COVID. And so that helped bring some normalcy to a really difficult problem to where we could get behind and do something produce something where we weren't getting business. We can produce something internally and our online business was actually doing very well to where we could sell this online and be able to give give back to our to our community. Even though we were actually struggling as a business, we were able to 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 give back. And I think that said a lot for um for the company because to then be able to do that, it required teamwork. You know, to to get you know to do some of those things, talk about learning and growing, huge learning growth opportunities for for people going through some of those um, challenges. We talked about like we can stay connected. It was it was important for us to stay connected to each other, but but also the message was to stay connected. Period. Stay connected to your family. Stay connected to your friends. Our sales, um, you know, team was really about staying connected to the customers more from a relational standpoint than anything. It wasn't about a transaction. It was really about just staying connected because we were all in it together right. in terms of having to go home, having to work remotely, knowing that the human element of really uh, being connected to other human beings is important. And so I think that was really a key thing that we we did. You know how, and then again, how how can we have some fun? So it was you know virtual happy hours or some virtual team building. We did improv, you know, uh, virtually, which was you know inter- <laughs> which was interesting, right? So, so yeah, I, I actually can't even visualize that at all. I'm trying hard. I don't. It sounds that would good, be though. unique. Yeah, right. But you're you know trying to figure out what are those other things when you have that that connection with people and they're in their, the gutter, right? They're in that space. And then all of a sudden they go home and they're at their house doing these things with other distractions. You know, you guys were trying to figure out ways to do that and make that connection virtually, which I love. Yeah. The gutter is, uh, and so whenever they hear this, I hopefully they'll (laughs) hear it. They'll, they'll understand like how important it, you know, you know, my office is out. I have my office and then, you know, the gutter is right out there. And so, uh, the gutter for me was like a great like reprieve from something to just walk in, hear what's happening, connect with with everyone, and then maybe go back to another meeting or project or thing. So it was a really great like place, you know, mm-hmm. for me to just have a a transition. So now you're at home and you walk out of your office at home and there's mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, there's no ground, yeah, so. Yeah, but you have a puppy at home. I have a puppy so, now. now you're I, didn't, yeah. I didn't have the puppy before. Well, that's probably good, though. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many other questions. I could go oh, on for hours. Please. But, well, no, we only have a few minutes. Only one more hour? <laughs> we could do this again and again. I have questions that we'll just do, uh, you know, a series of these with Matt <laughs> in the room. Jeremy, I want to give you the chance if you have last questions for Matt and then to give Matt the opportunity to give any of his last thoughts because we are coming to the end of an hour, which is 
I don't think I have any questions that we could clip through in uh, brief moments. Right. So if you have some of those rapid fires, I bow to you. I don't. I always ask that. The... I can try and give a rapid fire answer, but apparently I'm long-winded long by understanding we're up against a time block. Well, and you, you already answered the question, you know, that I like to ask the one-word question with Locker Room, and I love that. So do you have any final thoughts or ideas that you would like to share in what we like to think is a safe space here? That's yeah, there's people listening, but... <laughs> Well, first of all, I just, I really am grateful that you had me on, uh, that you thought enough to allow me to come talk and share, you know, what, I, what I'm what I'm sharing. Um, I think there's a great opportunity through the work you guys are doing, through the work conscious capitalism doing is doing to really um, elevate humanity through business on, on whatever that level is. And I think that's really what's needed. Um, because again, we're spending most of our waking hour at work and how can business be used as a vehicle for good for people mm-hmm. that it doesn't need to be relied upon by, you know, the governments or things of that nature, that business can play a really vital role because that's really the grassroots. That's where, where yeah, people, that's where, where it's, where it's happening. And so, um, again, I go back to those fundamental human needs. Like those are just those are just real. Like whether you're at work or not, like learning in your life is part of your journey here. Um, you wanting to be happy, it's part of your 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 deepest um, desire, right? And we can't do this on our own. Mm-hmm. As much as we want to be independent, we are dependent on humans to get through uh, this journey on on some level, whether it was our parents, whether it's a teacher, whether it's the person that delivered, you know, your food, you know, so you can eat or the farmers that, you know, grew, grew, that, you know, grew the food. Like we're dependent so much on things outside of ourselves as much as we also want to be independent. Right. So. Thank you for saying that. And I can, flip that same coin back to you on the appreciation of uh, sharing your story and showing up in the workplace and the marketplace the way you do, because uh, specifically to conscious capitalism, uh, some people will be turned off by either one of those two words and won't even give it a chance because, oh, that's too touchy-feely. You know, work is doing business is, is ugly and it gets messy and, you know, it's all great to have those pie-in-the-sky thoughts, but when you rubber hits the road, those are quick to fly out the window. And your organization is 15-year demonstration of quite the contrary, that not only can you survive and sustain with these principles, but you can actually thrive and grow and become the model. So thank you for uh, allowing us to hear some of the way that you operate and uh, modeling that and continued success to you on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then as we wrap up, if listeners are wanting to reach you or Sportique or connect, what is the best way that they should do that? Jeff, yeah, people want to reach me, probably LinkedIn is probably the best way to to reach out to me. Sportique.com is a great place to check out, you know, what we're doing as a, as a brand. Um, S-P-O-R-T-I-Q-E.com, know you after the Q. I, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on LinkedIn, Pinterest, uh, we're doing some really exciting things right mm-hmm. now with our B2B client and really also growing our, our lifestyle brand. 
So I really, you know, our, our tagline is Roman comfort. We really feel no matter where you are in life, you deserve to be comfortable. That goes back to that. We want to feel good. We want to be happy. Um, and we want to do things in life. We want to go places. We want to experience things. And so really, um, our brand is really about be who you want to be, go where you want to go, um, go after your dreams and just, you know, do it in comfort. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't mean we, we shy away from the uncomfortable situations. No, it's just, but at the end of the day, when you got to put your head down on your pillow, like you want to be comfortable. Right. So, so yeah, it's fantastic. Well, thank you. And on behalf of, you know, both sides, Culture Crush and People on Profit with Conscious Capitalism Arizona, this conversation, you know, was a little bit about everything. People, profit, humans, treating humans as humans. But then at the end of the day, it's all about doing good for people. And then there's some profit in there as well. So, on behalf the fuel that makes it all go. Yeah. So on behalf of, you know, all the different angles today, we appreciate everyone for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to People in Profit, where we showcase the businesses that are elevating humanity through their work right here in Arizona. Learn more about us at ccarizona.org.